0: we are talking about part of the top five, and we are going to talk about marriage. And um, tomorrow, Mac and I celebrate 24 years. 24 years. Of marital bliss, thank you very much. Um, I'm sure I've been a joy with which to live for all those 24 years. Absolutely. But so today as we speak about marriage, my prayers that you hear from us are passion for marriage and family. Because we have learned over our 24 years not just of marriage but of ministry as we've observed families and as we've learned from families about so much about what God desires for the family and the marriage to look like, about his design and his desire, not just our opinion, not just what has worked for us, but about God's design and desire. And that is what we want to share with you today. Um, you know, we uh, have been married 24 years, and I, though am not from Texas originally. I know. Some of Aww. you feel sorry for me right now. Um, I'm, not, I'm actually from Southern Mississippi, and I grew up there, and my children love to remind me that I'm the only one in our family who was not born um, in Texas. I've kind of gotten used to that. I've even gotten used to their opinion that really it was a mistake on my parents' part, you know, <laughs> that they didn't know about but how great kinda, Texas na- you've was. But you've been naturalized. I've been naturalized, but you know, it's not the same thing. Thing, honey. I try so hard, but uh, it's just not the same thing. (laughs) And when we first got married, um, I was teaching at a public school in Irving, Texas. And I was right out of college, and we were getting ready for Texas Public Schools Week. And when you do that in a public school, the entire week is devoted to teaching the students. I said brainwashing, Max said educating, educating the students about the Great state of Texas. And I mean, the whole school does it from kindergarten all the way to fifth. I think they do it in the middle schools and high schools too. And so being new, I'm in the workroom. I'm trying to learn from the other teachers. So it's pretty crowded because it's a really big week. We're all in the workroom. When I turn to my one of my fellow teachers and ask her what I thought was a logical, innocent question, I asked her, what's the Alamo? Yeah, yeah. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah, Immediate credibility with all of my co-teachers. So, literally, everyone stopped their conversations. They <laughs> all looked at me. Some people looked at me with disgust, I'm pretty sure. They were thinking, are really? we sure she graduated from college? Others, of me, lo- others looked at me like, what? Are, are you, did I hear what I just thought I heard? Some looked at me with genuine pity. They felt bad for me. They felt sorry for me. So much so that I felt all eyes on me. So I began to explain. I didn't grow up here, but I'm so excited to be here now, and I can't wait to learn about all these Texas things. I'm really excited about it. When this sweet girl next to me bailed me out, and she turned and she said, you know, let me explain to you the significance of the Alamo. She said, remember the Alamo. I said, no, that is why we are having this problem. I can't remember something. I've never even heard of it. And so she began to explain to me the significance of the Alamo. Well, once I heard it from a true Texan, I then referenced the Alamo with great respect and honor this day. And I must confess that my husband, when I came home and told him just how my day was, and I threw in that story, he was mortified. He was mortified. I was like,
1: you asked that out loud? Oh, my
0: word. Yeah, true Texan here. Sweetheart. This is what, yeah. This is what I learned. To honor something, you must understand its significance. You see, I couldn't honor the Alamo because I didn't know what it was about. To honor something, you must understand its significance, its importance, what it means to be part of that. And so I did not understand. Today, we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to go straight to Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage should be honored by all. By whom? All. By all. Not just by married people. Not just by people who want to get married. This says marriage should be honored by? All. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. To honor marriage, you must understand its significance. And when you study God's word, when you look at what he says about marriage, you see very quickly, it's not just so that you have a happy marriage. It's about so much more. It's about what marriage represents in God's economy. And our prayer is is that no matter where you are today, that you walk out with a grasp of God's truth, with an understanding of his desire, his design, and why the Bible says that marriage should be honored by everyone. Because some of us in here are not married, some are married, and some were married at one point. No matter where you are on that spectrum, God says, honor marriage. And we know from studying Scripture... That all of God's commands, every single one, are rooted in love. And they are an expression of his love for us. Therefore, when we read a command, when we read a directive, we can know that obedience to that directive draws us closer to the full life that he's created you to live and me to live. That's why we look at the scripture. Because our creator God has a grand plan for your life, for your marriage, for your home. Wherever you are, and obedience to this command, honor marriage, period, everyone, will draw you closer to that full life that he's created you to live.
1: You know, it's interesting to me. As soon as you say the word marriage, say marriage. Marriage. Everybody has a concept. Everybody has a presupposition in their minds. It may be born out of the family you grew up in. Uh, You might have grown up like I did in a divorced home and for you that experience says Not gonna do it not going close to it. I am out Aloha on marriage Okay, that's one perspective others of you are like if I could just get married Everything would be awesome Everything would be perfect and and so there are all these different concepts out there And if I can kind of continue Julie's Alamo motif just a little bit farther. Thanks, babe. 24 years, give and take. So you take this this concept of marriage, and and it's kind of like this image of the Alamo, you know, where you have got just blue skies and flags billowing in the breeze and and a a peaceful facade. And you think that would be so lovely to go to San Antonio and visit the Alamo. I bet they've got a gift shop. A lot of people think about marriage the same way. And that's cool. That's awesome. Because to be sure, even in a a healthy, God-honoring, happy marriage, there are these kind of days. There are just blue sky days where the flags billow in the breeze and everything is cool on the surface and beneath. And that's great. But there are also days in marriage where our Alamo image can maybe look a little something like this image. And we forget that, that sometimes in, in marriage, like at the Alamo, man, there, there was a siege mentality. There was, there was destruction. There was, there was carnage on the ground. And, and what happens a lot of times is when marriages encounter the carnage, when marriages get to those siege moments, and they're not equipped with the tools necessary, when they're not surrounded by people who can and want to help in that marriage, when they're not a part of a biblically functioning family of faith called the church, all of a sudden, this becomes all that you see. And marriage can become like that image, Dawn at the Alamo. And it's just like, man, just get us out of here. Well, the fact of the matter is, That God has a very, very different image for marriage in mind. God has prescribed for us what marriage is supposed to be all about. What the image of marriage that we're supposed to have according to God. Who, by the way, invented it. God created marriage. I mean, this was his idea. This was not something that, you know, the first tribes got around and they said, "Mm, Fire, woman, marriage. That's not how this happened. God ordained marriage and in doing so he had some very very significant eternal perspective purposes in mind in Ephesians chapter 5 we get an insight into what God sees when he sees marriage When, when he thinks about what marriage is really all about this is what the Bible says now as the scriptures say a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one i love this too this is this is a little bit of new testament humor right here in verse 32 you ready this is a great mystery would somebody like to help the apostle paul preach that this is a great mystery that a man and a woman come together and they become one they become united but it is an illustration of the way christ and the church are one it's an illustration so Mac and Julie, 24 years wedded bliss so far. Unbelievable. Great blessing from God. The grace of God personified in the person of Julie Richard. But as great as this is, this is a secondary purpose in our marriage. The primary purpose of marriage between husband and wife is to represent for the rest of the world God's love for people. And all of a sudden, the skies cleared and the clouds parted and it became clear what it's all about. It's not about, okay, so we get companionship. That's cool. That's great as far as it goes. You know what? We we maybe have the opportunity to procreate and further the species and have children. Awesome. Way to go. But ultimately, all of those things are secondary To the purpose of representing the love of God. So now we start to understand why Hebrews 13, 4 says that marriage should be honored by all, everybody. And so what that means is that all of us have a perspective on marriage. You may not be married right now, but you've got an idea about marriage. And I would suggest to you that your perspective on marriage impacts much more of your life than you even realize. The way that you work, the way that you date, the way that you spend or save or use a credit card. All of those things and so, so many more are impacted by the way you view marriage. And so there really are three perspectives on marriage that we've all got. One is the perspective of before marriage. How many of y'all are not married right now? Let's say that you've never been married and you're not married right now. Let me just see a show of hands. Awesome. Keep your hands up keep your hands up. Everybody whose hand is not up right now, give these folks a round of applause. That is great. Here's the thing. You're getting advanced study. You're getting, you know how how right now, uh, the University of Texas started their their, uh, preseason training this week, right? Okay. This is preseason training for you. And you don't have to do two a days and put on a helmet. Hopefully you never have to do that after you're married either. But this is preseason training. You get to go, oh, this is what it's all about. Now, all of a sudden, that girl who's just hot, there may be some more criteria for you to consider before you really ask her out a second time. Or that guy who's just so nice, there may be something more to consider before going out with him a second time. So there's before marriage, then we all have the perspective about marriage. We all, we all think about it. We all talk to people or know people who are married, if, even if we are married or, or are not married. So there's before marriage, about marriage, and then there's in marriage. And in marriage is where we're going to spend a good bit of time in just a few minutes. But what Julie and I want to do is just give you three things to, to speak, to, to say about marriage in any of those categories. Many of us will have at least one, if not more than. So when you're in those categories, you have those perspectives. What is it that you say about marriage in order to honor it? What is the honorable mention about marriage from each of those perspectives? And I want to speak real quickly before we lose anybody else to those who are before marriage. To those of you who have never been married and you might have already kind of started to check out a little bit. And you're like, dude, I don't know if you notice it's hot in here and i'm not even married so i'm thinking about lubies and the blue plate special i get that okay but understand you have a critical critical opportunity in front of you to adopt god's perspective on marriage and god's perspective is that biblical marriage healthy marriage is worth the wait From a before-marriage perspective, it's worth the wait. I think you could even say, and that's obviously W-A-I-T, like you're waiting on a train, you're waiting on a plane. It's worth the wait, and it's worth the wait in gold. Because if you wait for Mr. Right or Ms. Right to become Mrs. Right, I'm telling you what God will do beyond anything that you can ask or imagine will absolutely blow your mind. It is absolutely worth the wait, but you've got to decide that you're worth it. You've got to decide that you are worth women dating only guys who love God more than they love you. Who, are, get, uh, who will get up in the morning to help you be everything God created you to be. And if you're dating somebody who's not in that camp right now, buh-bye. Bye. Just be nice about it. You don't have to you don't have to be rude. You don't have to make a grand theological pronouncement. You can say, "You know what? It's not you, it's me. I got to go." Whatever you can come up with, get out. Because nothing is listen to me. Nothing is going to for no reason at all happen on the other side of the altar to make him all of a sudden start be everything you want him to be or God wants him to be for you. So, You just got to know that on the going inside. It is worth the wait.
0: But when you understand the significance, that helps you wait for the right person. When you understand all that marriage is supposed to be. So the first one, when we talk about um, before marriage, it's worth the wait. Now we're going to talk about a group that everyone falls into this category. Those who are looking at other marriages, about marriage. So you have friends who are married. You have parents who are married. You have children who are married. You have neighbors who are married. What do you say, what's your honorable mention about marriage? To honor marriage. It's worth the fight. Mm. You tell your friends, you tell your neighbors, you tell your children, it's worth the fight. When you understand the significance of marriage, when you understand God's design for marriage, then when you look at it from that perspective, you say, This difficult season, this difficult time, this difficult man, this difficult (laughs) woman is worth the fight. Mm. Because God says Marriage is to be honored by all and when we say it's worth the fight I'm talking about I need you to cheer me on in my marriage I am to cheer you on in your marriage. I'm not just fighting for my marriage I'm fighting for your marriages. My children aren't married yet. I'm fighting for their marriages already I'm trying to educate them and inform them about the significance of marriage I am not just a fan of marriage i am a marriage cheerleader (laughs) and i would like for you to join me and cheer marriages on that is how we honor marriages so therefore i have to make a deliberate intentional decision to surround myself with people who are honoring my marriage I am intentional about my friends. I am deliberate about with whom I speak about Mac. I'll tell my best friend Ashley, Mac is really irritating me right now. And then she irritates me when she says, have you talked to him about it? See, I want her to join me. I want her to be mad at him too. And she's honoring my marriage, and therefore she says to me, you need to talk to him about it. It's irritating, but it's the right thing. And so it's so easy for me, it's so easy for us, when we are frustrated in our marriage, to find people who will cheer us on about that. To find people who will say, you're right, it is too difficult. I, I would throw in the towel right now. Get out while the getting's good. You know, it's so easy. We gravitate toward people who agree with us. That's why it's easier. Our predisposition is that way. That's why God says everyone should honor marriage, your own marriage and other people's marriages. Now, years ago, I did a triathlon. I just want to say that sentence again. So, excuse me. Years ago, I want to make sure we get it on camera. Years ago, I ran a triathlon. Run, maybe a stretch, but I participated in a triathlon. And um, I don't know what made me do that. Um, you know, it was a social thing for me. I visited with everyone on the course. But um, when we got to the end of the swim, there were people going, you did great, keep going, keep going. When we got on our bicycles, you know, and I'm chatting with everybody, and um, they're, I'm asking, so is this your first triathlon? It's mine. And so everyone is cheering each other on. You've got this. Every corner, there's somebody to hand you some water. Well, I couldn't hold to my bike and take the water, so I had to apologize. Thank you so much, but I can't take it. And so I'm going, I'm going. I get to the run, and um, they're cheering us on. Now, one point on the bike, we get to a corner, and they say to us, they're preparing us, there's a big hill coming when you turn, because you can't see it. There's a big hill coming. Keep going. You can do it. I made that corner. I saw that hill. I was like, I got this thing. And I kept going, cheering on those around me, visiting. And I made it through the triathlon. There were people around me, there was not one person. Not one when I rounded a corner going, well, good try. I would give up. You know, there's a snack table over here. (laughs) Or, you know, hey, you know what? You've made it this far. What do you need to do the run for? You gave it your best effort. Not one. There was not one person who did that. And yet, that's what we do about marriage all the time. Instead of cheering our friends on, instead of saying, yeah, you will hit a hill. But you can do it. God will help you through it. We never... We would never dream of doing that in a triathlon, and yet we do it about one of most God's significant institutions. So be the girl. Be the guy that hands out water. Be the guy. Be the girl that says to your friend, there's a hill coming, but you can do it. Be the snack girl that passes out the snacks and says, I will fight for you. I'll help you fight up this hill because God says, Marriage should be honored by yeah. all. You
1: know, I think it's interesting that when our kids are growing up, and and they're you know they hit elementary school, middle school, high school, wherever they are, as parents we are so nervous and, and so focused on who are their friends, who are they hanging out with, what are they doing, where are they going, what time are they coming home, which is appropriate by the way. But how many of us know that peer pressure is something you don't leave behind when you graduate high school? I mean, peer pressure is something you never escape. So, so guys, if you're in a a hunting club or a golf foursome that's not for your marriage on a regular basis, I'm not saying you should never talk to them, but I'm saying the people that you hang out with the most have to be those people who will speak truth into your life and tell you it's worth the fight. It is worth the fight. Ladies, man, ladies' night out. If you do a ladies' night out and they help your marriage, they encourage you as a wife, awesome. Awesome. If they don't, or if Ladies' Night Out itself is damaging your marriage, what are you doing? This is not rocket surgery. Do the right thing and let the chips fall where they may. Julian and I heard a youth speaker just in the last month who said something so wise to a room full of high school students. He said, listen, when you choose to do the right thing, there will be people who won't come along for the ride with you. That's their choice and I know your first thought is well I don't want to ignore them I don't want to leave them behind you're not leaving them behind they're leaving you behind you say to them or at least say to yourself this is what I'm going after I would love to have you join me and if not I'll miss you but I'm not sacrificing what God's called me to to honor my marriage and to honor it everywhere I find it to honor up honor down and honor all around this gift that God's given us. Now, we've talked a lot about, you know, what we're talking about marriage and honoring marriage and the Alamo and all that. We've talked about how to do that from a perspective, but I, I think it's very, very important that we also make sure that we understand that perspective in marriage. That if we are married, that we look each other in the eye with love and affection thank you Mm. and say it is worth the effort I think even more specifically than that to say you are worth the effort and I'm gonna put the effort out because this matters that much to me you matter that much to me and I'll do whatever it takes Julie and I had been married a very brief time. Emily was not yet a year old. She was only three months old, as a matter of fact. And as a husband and wife, we were kind of having trouble figuring out how to navigate some marital waters. Anybody else ever been there? You had trouble figuring out how to m- navigate marital waters. Thank you. Hands are going up all over the room. Yes. Thank you. Well, we were, we were really trying. We were on the wanted to be on the same page, but we just couldn't get there. And Julie looked at me one day with tears in her eyes. and She said, I can't live like this. We need to go talk to somebody. Now, I will tell you, my knee-jerk reaction as a dude, as a guy, was over my dead body. Am I going to go talk to somebody about my feelings? I'm, I mean, I was just like, I'm a guy. I'll fix it. Tell me what's wrong. But I didn't say that in the moment. At least one time.
0: Good call.
1: You know, like to say, every now and then a blind hog will find an acorn. I found that acorn in that moment. And I remember in in that moment, I believe God was leading me spiritually to say, Mac, this is how God talks to me. Mac, suck it up. Get outside of your comfort zone. Do the work necessary to make this everything that God wants it to be and everything Julie signed up for when she said, I do. Make sure that you're doing everything you can. It's worth the effort. And it is an effort. It's an effort when you're married and if you have kids. It's an effort to keep enjoying marriage. It's an effort to have a date. It's an effort to enjoy each other and have fun. You know what kids means, don't you? People think it comes from the the term for a baby goat. That's not true. Kids. Keeping intimacy at a distance safely. That's what kids are. So it takes an effort to get over... That barrier to intimacy that we prayed for and we love and are bundles of joy. But man, they will mess up your marriage if you let them. So it's worth the effort.
0: It is definitely worth the effort. And um that was a really wise call. And I like how you talked about how hard it was, but you stopped. You didn't go too far. One time he kept going, It is hard work. I mean, marriage <laughs> is rough. I mean it I was like, Whoa, whoa, okay, we all get it. But it it <laughs> is but it is worth the effort. And um, you know, it, it's worth the fight, it's worth the effort, it's worth the wait. And many of us We will hear this and we'll go, yes, yes, I agree. I really wish he would put forth the effort. Or my marriage could be great if she put forth the effort. I can't wait to share this with my husband. I can't wait to share this with my Or somebody's
1: thinking right now, I am so glad my husband's here today. Somebody's thinking that. Or my wife. That goes both ways.
0: Absolutely. Well, this is what I want to say. We are talking about how to work on your marriage. Forget about your spouse. Mm. Forget about your spouse. We're talking about marriage. Now forget about your spouse. Let me tell you what I mean by that. (laughs) I want you to consider, this is what I need to consider, what can I do? To make my marriage all that God wants it to be. I have a long list for what Matt can do. But today, I'm focusing on what can... Very short, very short. What can I do? That's what I want to encourage you to do. And because, guess what? Your spouse, you can't force... Trust me, I've tried. You cannot control your husband. But I can control how I work on my marriage myself. And God will honor it if I honor my marriage. It does not say, honor your marriage if your spouse does too. It says honor marriage, period. Now, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Romans 12, 18. I'm supposed to do my part. A study was done in the 80s. um, The Gottman uh, couple, as Julia and John Gottman, they were studying marriages. And this is such a tiny little thing that can make a significant difference in your marriage. They studied many couples. And they broke them into two groups. Masters. And disasters. (laughs) All these marriages, they were either masters or disasters. That's pretty cut and dry. It was pretty cut and dry. Now, this is the thing. The disasters weren't just divorced people. They were people who stayed married but were unhappy. You know, so many people just get used to it and they just settle. So what they did was they said, What is the difference between the masters and the disasters? And after all this study, it came down to two things. Kindness and generosity. Mm -hmm. That was it. Be kind, be generous. Be kind with your words, your thoughts, and your actions. Be generous with your words, your thoughts, and your actions. They said in the same situation, let's say a husband or wife is late home for work, a master would be kind and generous with their thoughts and then think, well, you know what, this is a little frustrating, but I'm going to talk to him about it and say, you know what, I understand that you were late, and I just want to let you know it kind of irritates me. That's how a master would handle that situation. Would already be mad and would say it passive aggressively and would probably not even talk to the probably give them the cold shoulder. Mm. That is what a disaster be kind, be generous. It's not rocket surgery, it is be kind, be generous. It's very simple. Now, one way that you can. Be aware this week. This was one of my most fascinating things that I studied. They studied 130 couples, and they watched them. They they studied them when they were engaged. Then they went back and studied them six years later. This is what they watched for. They documented every bid that one spouse made to another. A bid would be something like this. Oh, honey, come look at this bird out here. And the spouse would either thank you so much for engaging the spouse would either turn toward or turn away and then some of them even said don't bug me right now I'm reading my book and so it may be a bid like come here come look watch this video it may be a bid like um come see what um is on the computer right now whatever it is it's a bid and then the spouse has a chance to respond the master's responded positively, they turned toward 87% of the bids. Wow. Nine out of ten. The disasters? 33%. 33%. Three out of ten, they said, you don't bother me right now. Well, seven you said,
1: out of ten, they said, don't bother me.
0: Seven, oh, seven out of ten. Yeah, sorry about that. That was bad math. You're own. the math one. Hashtag, sorry about it. Um, so, <laughs> seven out of ten, they said, don't bother me with that. It's a tiny little thing. Be aware. Watch your bids. Issue bids and turn toward bids. It's a game changer, I'm telling you.
1: Okay, I want to ask everybody to do me a favor. First of all, thank you all so much for hanging in with us and going going with the flow this weekend, uh, this morning especially. But I want everybody to say, remember the Alamo.
0: Remember the Alamo.
1: Okay, when that charge was first cried out across the Texas plains, that was not like a reminder to put it on your calendar. Hey, this is an important date. It was. There was some cool stuff that happened in San Antonio. Remember it. That was a battle cry. That, that was a charge to, to honor and remember and validate the sacrifice that was made for the cause of Texas freedom. And so, yeah, whether they heard about it in Mississippi or not, remember the Alamo was a big deal. It was a visceral, soul-deep call to freedom. To remember and to honor marriage is a visceral, soul deep call. The genius of God is not in what we get out of marriage. Because that's the common approach. That's the world's approach. What's in it for me? I, I, I think I, I think I'd like some companionship, or I'd like to marry a hot woman who's a yoga instructor and and you know can run a three minute mile. That'd be awesome. Okay, nothing wrong with any of those things. A triathlete nothing wrong with that but when you remember that marriage in God's economy is more about him than it is about us then all of a sudden it becomes more about what we can give to the other person than what we get from the other person and here's the creative genius of God when both husband and wife are acting like that when you give all that you can you get all that you want when you give all that you can you get all that you want this is God's creative genius and it is a radical departure from what the world tells us but that is exactly what God is up to when he is into and up to marriage and that's why it makes the top five I want to ask you, if you will, bow your heads for just a moment. And in this moment, I want to just briefly say, if you're here this weekend, and you are not a Christ follower, you have not chosen to place your trust in Him, to confess your sins and receive forgiveness from them, and live fully and completely as he created you to live, as a church, there's nothing more important to us than that personal relationship. And so if you're here today and you would like to take that step, you would like to maybe talk to somebody about it, I'm going to ask you in just a minute to take out your program and open it up to the connect card that's in that program and just fill it out with the contact information you're comfortable sharing. We never share that outside, it's only used internally. And then just indicate on that card there, there's a space there that says, I'd like to talk to someone about becoming a Christian. Fill that out and when our service ends, just hand that card to one of our ushers or maybe to somebody who's under the blue awning out front under the front porch. Because for us as a church family, that is the bottom line. Your relationship with God in Jesus, through Jesus. Maybe you're here today and there's something we can be praying about for you or or there's some way that we can serve you. That connect card is there for you also. Right now, I just want to invite you to join me as we pray together as a church. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place today. We thank you, God, for what you are doing. The lives, God, the homes and the marriages that you are strengthening and building, rescuing, preserving. And Father, we give ourselves to you afresh and anew today. In Jesus' name, amen.